Alan Gray with me at the old vicarage in Norfolk. Now, Alan, winter garden, but we've got some <laughs> flower here, haven't we? We certainly have. You know, a lot of people, they think they put their bed, they put their garden to bed in the autumn. I hate that phrase, because for me, gardening is 365 days a year. Very much so. Now, what have we got here? We've got this Mahonia. Let's, let's Mahonia. have a look at the flower on that. You see, people think Mahonia is a common old thing. Um, and the common old thing was Mahonia aquifolium which used to be planted on large estates as cover for game. Um, but, you know, suddenly a few interested gardeners, they started breeding from it and they crossed one variety with another. In actual fact, one of the most famous varieties is called Charity. And Charity is a beautiful smelling Mahonia. It drops its petals like mad, but it blooms in the winter and you get that sharp scent carried on the air. It's absolutely lovely. It was, it was um, bred at Buckingham Monocorum um, in Devon. And um, we've got many more varieties today. And would you believe that this is a plant that now is now self-seeding in the garden? So I've got Mahonies popping up. Everywhere. But, yeah, but not everywhere, <laughs> but you can't give them a name because they're, you know, they're genetically different from the parents. But, you know, there's a Mahonia, evergreen, very spiny leaves, a sort of architectural looking plant. But if you come over to this thing, look at this. I mean, you know, what's not to like about that? That is Hamamalis or witch hazel. And to think that that produces all that flower with not a leaf in sight. No, uh, the leaves are gone, but you do get two seasons of bloom or two seasons of interest from this. And one of the things is that you've got these lovely blooms on the naked stems in the winter, but you also have fantastic autumn colour. So these leaves, they flare up to all those lovely fiery tints. But if you're growing, can you follow me in there? Yeah. If you're growing, which hazels. You often need to watch out because if we look down here, you see all these stems, they're growing from the rootstock. Now this is a grafted plant. So if these grow up and flower, they will eventually take over and they will just have silly little tiny yellow flowers on them. So I've got to get in there and get all those, those growth right out. out. Right the way down, as far as you can go. Now if we come back out, we've got Now we've got a variegated grisselinia. Grisselinia, tough old things. They, they put up with, well, the variegated is less tough than the green, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, there was a time when I wouldn't have grown the green one in England. You grow them in, in Southern Ireland and places like that with impunity. But uh, in this country, they didn't do so well. They were, they were killed off by the hard winters. But this is a variegated form. It's, I'm not sure which one this is, but it's quite good because it doesn't revert too much to the plain green. The, um, lots of the variegated ones do. Um, when they do that, you've got to keep cutting out the um, the green stems, otherwise the green will take over because they've got more chlorophyll in them. They also quite put up with um, salt as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. And wind. Yes, salt and wind. They're a very good coastal plant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cornus on the corner. <laughs> cornus on, <laughs> on the, the corner. corner, indeed. Yes. Cornus on the corner. This is um, cornus midwinter fire. Um, there's another one which I like better than this. Uh, it's called Annie's Winter Orange. Uh, Annie's Winter Orange is a bigger, more robust plant than Midwinter Fire. Slightly richer in colour, isn't it? It is slightly well. richer in colour, yeah. So, but it's slightly newer as well. Um, <coughs> and then if we move here, we've got another witch hazel. Oh, this look is, at that one. This one here is just opening, but the one over there, which I think is Pallida. Um, this one here is Pallida, I think. Um, and you can see it's been here for some time. Um, it's quite an old plant. Um, 
people often say to me, do you cut them and take them in for the winter? Well, you can see I had nibbled little bits off here and there, and I occasionally do take a few stems into the house, but I don't like doing it too much because they don't break freely. Um, and so once you cut them, you know, it leaves a scar. So cut them a little, but don't be greedy. Yes, another bit of garden to have a look at here. And oh, look at the, is that Euonymus over there? It is, yeah, it's Euonymus, one of the spindles. Um, fascinating things. Now, <laughs> would you believe I didn't plant these? They found their way into the garden and I think they found their way in via birds. If you look at this bunch up here, you can see how you get the contrast between the pink outer, outer casing of the seeds and the bright orange seeds within. I mean, they are truly spectacular. Um, not much to look at in the summer, but then this is the winter garden. And the theme of this garden is really leaf, bark and berry um, and a few early flowers. If we come around here, we can see another camellia. Let's have a look at this lovely white camellia here. This is one of the Sasankra varieties that comes from Japan um, and it flowers um, before Christmas normally um, and it goes on. But the thing about this is why it works in the winter here is because it doesn't open all its flowers at once. If we look behind this flower here, you see, see there's, yeah. there's two New more buds, buds um, which means that if we have severe frost, that will burn these flowers, but there's more to come when the weather warms up a little bit. So it doesn't, it doesn't put, play, play all its cards at once. So it's a reminder really, Alan, that people should think more about their gardens in winter. If you've got a small garden or even, well, any size garden, actually have the plants that flower in winter closer to the house Absolutely. so that you can appreciate them. Yeah.